verses 40 through 56. Luke chapter 8, verse 40 through 56. Now when Jesus returned, a crowd welcomed him, for they were all expecting him. Then a man named Jairus, a synagogue leader, came and fell at Jesus' feet, pleading with him to come to his house, because his only daughter, a girl of about 12, was dying. As Jesus was on his way, the crowds almost crushed him, and a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years, but no one could heal her. She came up behind him and touched the edge of his cloak, and immediately her bleeding stopped. Who touched me? Jesus asked. When they all denied it, Peter said, Master, the people are crowding and pressing against you. But Jesus said, Someone touched me. I know that power has gone out from me. Then the woman, seeing that she could not go unnoticed, came trembling and fell at his feet in the presence of all the people. She told why she had touched him and how she had been instantly healed. Then he said to her, Daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace. While Jesus was still speaking, someone came from the house of Jairus, the synagogue leader. Your daughter is dead, he said. Don't bother the teacher anymore. Hearing this, Jesus said to Jairus, Don't be afraid. Just believe, and she will be healed. When he arrived at the house of Jairus, he did not let anyone go in with him except Peter, John, and James, and the child's father and mother. Meanwhile, all the people were wailing and mourning for her. Stop wailing, Jesus said. She is not dead, but asleep. They laughed at him, knowing that she was dead. But he took her by the hand and said, My child, get up. Her spirit returned, and at once she stood up. Then Jesus told them to give her something to eat. Her parents were astonished, but he ordered them not to tell anyone what had happened. May the Lord bless the reading of his word. Say a word of prayer. God, just thank you again for this time that we have to gather together as a family to worship you and to to fellowship with each other. As we enter into diving more into your word, I ask that you just open up our ears and our hearts to what you have to say, Lord. Speak through me and allow me just to get out of the way so that it is only your voice, only your words being said. God, again, I just thank you for this time that we have together. In your name we pray. Amen. All right. So recently... I would say probably in the past three months, which or almost three months, I've developed this habit of staring at Kelly while she sleeps. And I say three months because she's almost three months old, so, you know. It's relatively new, but it's there. And I've convinced myself it's a normal habit. So if it's not normal, just don't, don't ruin this pretty picture of myself, please. But I like to just look at her while her little peaceful face is just sleeping. And, I, you know, every so often I'll just try to guess what she's dreaming about or what she's thinking about or just, you know, a variety of things. And every so often, it's one of my favorite things, when we swaddle her up, you know, she's like just a little burrito. Every so often she'll just like flare her legs up in the air. And I'm impressed, first of all, by her core strength when she does that. But also it just makes me wonder what would cause such a knee-jerk reaction for her to be sleeping and all of a sudden just flung up in the air. And then they'll slowly go back down and she'll just keep sleeping like nothing happened. Or, you know, other times she'll let out this small little just kind of pitiful cry. And all I want to do is just, like, pick her up and say, it's okay, it's okay. But she's still sleeping. And I know better than to wake her up because then I have to put her back to sleep. 
So then I just, you know, kind of sit there and like, okay, I just hope she's fine. And, you know, the little cry was just, just that. Just a little whimper, a little cry, and then it's over with, and she keeps sleeping. And I'll just stare at her and think that I would do anything for this child. No matter how much she drives me nuts sometimes, no matter how much she deprives me of my sleep, I would do anything for her. I would tra tra traverse the whole planet if it meant that she was happy, safe, and healthy. I would throw my husband in front of a bullet <laughs> if it meant she was safe. Anything for her, I would do. And as I read today's scripture, I kind of had that thought in mind as well. And it's a scripture that I've heard, you know, plenty of times. It's a really awesome, common miracle that we read about, that we hear about, just because it's so amazing, right? And when I first heard it as a child, the bleeding woman was the woman who stood out to me the most. Her struggle was a struggle I, that made sense to me. Maybe not something I've experienced, but it made sense. Like, that would, that would stink, being in her position. Like, I get why she wants that healed. Her faith and her bravery just to reach out and touch the cloak, even though it went against all social norms, amazed me. Christ's compassion towards her left me speechless. And all these things still rang true, and still ring true when I read it. And for years, that's what, you know, continued to stand out to me. So when I sat down to write this sermon, I assumed that's what I would preach on, because that's just what I always thought of when I read this passage. However, as I reread the scripture to prepare to write, the Lord pointed me in another direction. Luke 8, 40 through 42 introduces us to the synagogue leader Jairus, a father with a daughter who is deathly sick, a father in a leadership position humbling himself before the Lord for healing. Now that, with all the changes going on in my life right now, with all the new experiences I have going on with being a new mother, that stood out to me the most now. A father longing to save his daughter resonated with me on a level that had never resonated with me before. And as I read through the story, I could feel in my bones the urgency he must have felt. I could picture him racing to Jesus and falling at his feet, tears streaming down his face as he begged for his daughter to be healed. The relief he must have felt as Jesus agreed to go. And the frustration as the crowd, around, crowd pushed in around them, slowing their progress. I'm sure that when Jairus told Jesus his tale and walked with him to his house, he thought that this was now Jesus' top priority. That this that they wouldn't stop till the healing took place. In his ideal world, that would be the timing that Jesus worked in. If he had his way, Jesus wouldn't stop for anything. It reminds me of when I was a kid and my parents told me we were going somewhere that I really loved, you know, like maybe Cold Stone or the park, on the odd day, maybe Disneyland, somewhere just really exciting. And, you know, we get in the car, and little Belle's bouncing with excitement, annoying my parents, annoying my sister, but I can't shut up because I'm excited. And we're going, and we're going, and then we pull into the car. <laughs> It'll just be a minute, Belle. We just have to give someone something, Belle. Just stay in the car. It'll be okay. Just, just a minute. And then what feels like forever passes. And my parents hop back in the car, and we get to our location. And sure, I get the exciting treat that I was promised, or I get to go to the exciting place I was promised that we were going. 
But in my little tiny bell heart, there's just a little bit of bitterness. That after being hyped up for this excitement, I had to wait. That I had to be forced to just sit there while my parents dealt with something else real quick. The frustration as I dealt with the fact that their timing didn't line up with my timing. The frustration Jairus must have felt, not only to be slowed by the crowd, but also to be stopped by the bleeding woman at that time. But in that brief moment, a miracle happened. A woman's life was changed, restored. Luke 8, 42 through 48 recounts this by saying, as Jesus was on his way, the crowds crushed him. And a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years, but no one could heal her. She came up behind him and touched the edge of his cloak. Make sure I'm reading this right. I apologize. I realized I had a typo in that, and I want to read it word for word. And a woman who was there had been subject to bleeding for 12 years, but no one could heal her. She came up behind him and touched the edge of his cloak, and immediately her bleeding stopped. Who touched me? Jesus asked. When they all denied it, Peter said, Master, the people are crowding and pressing against you. But Jesus said, Someone touched me. I know that power has gone out from me. Then the woman, seeing that she could not go unnoticed, came trembling and fell at his feet. In the presence of all the people, she told why she had touched him and how she had instantly been healed. Then he said to her, Daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace. In that excruciating pause for Jairus, while his daughter's life was waning, Jesus worked a phenomenal miracle, improving the life of a woman cast out by society. As Jairus stood in the crowd, probably fuming over this pause, scared out of his mind, Jesus was seemingly taking his sweet time as he did his divine work. Miracles in ministry can happen in that sweet time. As I waited in the car, my parents were inside approving someone's rental assistance or maybe putting together a food box, or being a shoulder to cry on. This type of experience happened a lot, so they were doing a lot of things inside of that core. But, you know, they were, they were doing ministry while I waited inside. And what I thought they were doing, taking their sweet time, they were helping change someone's life around. God can work through the interruptions in our lives. God can perform miracles when our priorities are put on pause. Isaiah 55, 8 says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. God works in interesting and sometimes frustrating ways. His timing isn't always our timing, but it is always perfect. As I waited for my parents to finish at the core, I was frustrated, but others were changed in the name of God. While my plans were paused, other people's plans were moved forward. At the end of the day, my plan still happened. At the end of the day, I still ended up getting cold stone or going to the park or going to Disneyland or whatever it was. At the end of the day, my parents still kept their promise. And at the end of the day, God's still going to keep his promise to you. As Jairus walked his daughter, a walk to his daughter was stopped, a woman's walk to a restored life was completed. Christ worked through the interruption and through it performed not just one miracle that day. But two, because though the interruption happened, though his plans were different from Jairus's, he still moved. He still worked. When our plans seem to be put on pause, God is still moving. When our priorities don't seem to be his priorities, 
he still hears and cares about every one of our needs. Oftentimes, it can get so wrapped up in our own urgency that we forget about the urgency of others. Even more so, we forget that God still sees our urgency and still has a plan for us in it. Psalms 27, 14 tells us to wait for the Lord. Be strong and take heart and wait for the Lord. When our plans are put on hold, when we're stuck sitting in the metaphorical car, or when we're stopped in the crowd as we're urgently trying to make it somewhere, we must remember to wait on the Lord. It can be hard, it can be frustrating, but he's not going to fail us in that waiting. Jairus' story finishes off in Luke, 40, Luke 8, 49 through 56. And it says, while Jesus, while Jesus was still speaking, someone came from the house of Jairus, the synagogue leader. Your daughter is dead, he said. Don't bother the teacher anymore. Hearing this, Jesus said to Jairus, don't be afraid. Just believe and she will be healed. When he arrived at the house of Jairus, he did not let anyone go in with him except Peter, John, and James, and the child's father and mother. Meanwhile, all the people were wailing and mourning for her. Stop wailing, Jesus said. She is not dead, but asleep. They laughed at him, knowing that she was dead. But he took her by the hand and said, My child, get up. Her spirit returned, and at once she stood up. Then Jesus told them to give her something to eat. Her parents were astonished, but he ordered them not to tell anyone what had happened. Though Jairus had to wait for the miracle to happen, the miracle still happened. God still worked. His daughter was still saved. God's timing isn't our own, but his timing is perfect. When God promises us something, he will get it done. He will do it. He will fulfill that promise. Maybe not when we want it done. Maybe not when it's convenient for us. But it will get done when we need it done. In that pause on the road to his house, Jairus most likely felt such a wide range of emotions. Panic, fear, frustration, anger, worry. When he found out that his daughter had passed while they were stopped on the road, those emotions probably transformed just to despair, to brokenheartedness, to why did we have to wait? Jesus, if we had just kept going, it would have been okay. They had waited too long. It was all over. However, when his daughter was not only healed, but raised from the dead, the sheer amazement he must have felt, the awe and wonder, the joy. God's timing isn't our own, but it is perfect. By raising the girl from the dead and not just healing her, Jesus showed even more so who he is. He revealed to the family that he wasn't just a good teacher. He wasn't just a miraculous healer. He was the controller of life and death itself. In the waiting, a miracle happened. And after the waiting, another miracle still happened. Ecclesiastes 3, 1 through 8, speaks of how everything has a time. Reading. Let me find it real fast. Someone hid Ecclesiastes in my Bible. Again, Ecclesiastes 3, 1 through 8. There's a time for everything, 
and a season for every activity under the heavens, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to uproot, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to tear down and a time to build, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance, a time to scatter stones and a time to gather them, a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing, a time to search and a time to give up, a time to keep and a time to throw away, a time to tear and a time to mend, a time to be silent and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time for war and a time for peace. There is a time for everything. There is a time to wait upon the Lord and there is a time to watch in awe as he does his miraculous wonders. Many of us probably feel like we're in a time of waiting right now. Like Jesus was walking to our house and all of a sudden was stopped by something. The world around us seemed to have, seems to have been put on pause, especially due to COVID-19. And I know this rings true, especially for me, a few months ago when everything was closed and I was pregnant and locked away at home. Everything just kind of seemed to stop. But the world was still spinning. And God was and is still working. Even if we feel like we're stuck standing still. For those of you in a time of waiting, take heart in knowing that God is still working and God is still by your side. As Jairus waited on the road to his house, Jesus didn't walk away from him to do his miracle. He didn't wander off to do something else. He remained by Jairus' side, performed a life-changing miracle, and continued on with him. When God is working in other people's lives, he's still working in ours. When God is standing by someone else, he is still standing by us as well. He is still understanding of our needs, and he still feels the urgency that we're feeling. He's just working in his own perfect time. And let's be honest, it can be really frustrating to wait. I mean, I would be lying to you if I said it wasn't frustrating sometimes. But the outcome, even if it's not what we expected, is always worth the wait. Jairus didn't expect Jesus to raise his daughter from the dead. That's not what he asked Jesus to do. All he asked was for his daughter to be healed. Yet, after she died, Jesus raised him, raised her from the dead. The outcome wasn't what Jairus expected, but it was so much better. That's how God works. He goes above and beyond our expectations every single time. He works miracles, and we don't always expect miracles to happen. He not only changes lives, he saves lives. So today, if you're in a time of waiting, take heart in knowing that God is still working and moving. Take heart in knowing that God's not left your side and that he's going to keep his promises to you. His timing isn't our own, but his promises always come to fruition. It may take longer than we want. It may be shorter than we expected, but it's always, always when we need it. He will always meet our needs when we truly need them most, not just when we want them or when it's convenient for us. So Presley's going to come up, hopefully. There it is. To play some music for us. And as we enter into this time of prayer, I want you to remember that. To remember that God is moving in mighty ways in our lives. And not just in our lives, but in others' lives at the same exact time. 
take some time to pray for strength during your time of waiting. Pray for guidance and wisdom and pray for patience and expect that he's going to show you ways to have patience and ways you didn't expect. If you're stuck in a time of waiting, there's no better way to pass that time than in conversation with the Lord. And if your waiting has ended and things are moving forward again in your life, what better way to celebrate than in conversation with the Lord? God is moving all around us. Even when things have felt like they've been put on pause, even when we are feeling this urgency that's not being met in our, our time, God is still moving in his time. God is still working in his time. And at the end of the day, that is so much better than anything we could ever want or expect. may seem to have pause but God is still on the move nothing is going to stop him not COVID not family loss not your own anger or bitterness he is still going to be moving no matter what take heart in that remember that let's just spend some time in prayer towards us for your ability to care about more than one of us at a time for the love that you show us each and every day and for the countless examples in scripture of just your compassion and your caring and your understanding and your your mighty ways Lord as so many of us feel like just everything's been put on pause and that we're waiting help us to to continue to look towards you to wait on you and to to understand and know that you're still working, that you're still moving, and that you're not going anywhere, God. That though our life may seem to be put on pause, you are still going forward. You are still moving, and you are still faithful. Lord, help us to remain faithful to you during this time of waiting, to rest in you and to know that your love can carry us through everything. Help us to just seek you out through it all. Even, even once the time of waiting has passed and things are moving forward again, help us to remember to go towards you and to seek you out and to be with you. Lord, help us to just make you a priority each and every day. And that as we leave this place, that we don't forget that you should always be our top priority because we are your top priority all at the same time. Lord, you have done so much for us and you continue to do so much and sometimes it can be hard to see that. Sometimes it can be hard to remember that you are still working, but God, I thank you that you are. Give us the strength and courage to to remind people of that as well, for the people who weren't here today, for the people who need to hear it, Lord, give us the voice and the words we need to remind people that you are still moving, you are still working, and you are still by their side, and you are still by our side, God. Thank you for that. And it is in your wonderful and mighty and powerful name we pray all of these things, God. Amen.